Welcome to the Live Love Ministries podcast, a place where we share thoughts, insights, and experiences from the mission field. I'm Eric. I'm Brittany. And I'm Julia. And we're the Live Love Ministries team. Welcome back to part two of five things missionaries wished you knew. If you missed last week, we encourage you to go back and listen. Last week we covered topics one through three, and they were, number one was missionaries are real people, and we spent some time explaining that. We talked about how finances are complicated on the mission field, and then we also talked about that there is a definite difference between short-term and long-term mission. So we were able to cover excuse me, one through three last week. This week we're going to talk about numbers four and five, and if you listen to the podcast, you'll, you'll figure out what those are pretty quick. Um, but the feedback has been really encouraging. Uh, we've received several messages and calls thanking us for addressing these issues. Um, it's been a blessing to share those with others. Um, we've had several missionaries reach out and say how they can relate and how it sp- speaks to them in, in, in their world that they live in and the struggles that they have. And, and so we're thankful to get to share that. And we hope that this week is just as encouraging and speaks to just as a uh, just as broad of an audience, both senders uh, and missionaries and, and supporters and, and everybody involved in the missionary call. And so just a reminder, the thoughts uh, and the information from this podcast uh, comes from missionaries themselves, not just from myself, Brittany, and Julia, but it comes from missionaries. Then those missionaries serve in a variety of places all over the world or have served in places all over the world, some internationally, some domestically, some for journeyman programs that were two years, and some that spent decades on the mission field. And so the the knowledge and the experience that went into making this podcast is vast. And so it's, it's much larger than just our experience or our thoughts, but this comes from people with over 130 years of experience. And so our prayer today, and it was for last week too, is that this would strengthen the, the relationship between senders and supporters, that this would open people's eyes to the unique calling that missionaries have and the unique experiences that they face. Um, this will help relationships between missionaries and their home church, help people understand maybe what they're going through, how to better minister to them, and then will ultimately help missionaries stay longer on the field because that's our heart is that the longer missionaries are on the field, the longer they're serving the more opportunity they have to proclaim Jesus, to see people come to Christ, to serve Him. And so that's our heart in making this, is that this would strengthen those relationships. It would make missionaries healthier because they're able to to verbalize these things to people who love them and care about them. And then ultimately they would stay longer on the field. So we hope you enjoy the second half of this episode. All right, so we're going on. Uh, that was number three. There's a difference in short-term and long-term missions. And again, I hope you, you take that as an encouragement. Um, number four, uh, we want to talk about the importance of your relationship with missionaries, meaning senders, uh, supporters. Your relationship with your missionaries is so important. Like every single couple or missionary that we interviewed said are relationship with our senders, with our supporters, is vitally important, okay? 
So we don't take that for granted. I don't know if a missionary on earth that takes that for granted. Like they love their senders and they love their supporters and their home churches. And we long for those relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Missionaries suffer with loneliness. They just do. You think about it, you know, moving to a different culture, different community. Even if there are some similarities to your own home culture, it's still not the same. And so they struggle with loneliness, but they don't ever voice that often because they're, they're, they're scared to do that. And so um, they, they struggle with being able to communicate those things. You know, um, We have great supporters uh, and people who reach out to us on a regular basis. We have a great home church. We have great uh, churches who support us, great friends who support us. And But your relationship with missionaries is vitally important. And some of the ways that you can communicate that and, and and be there for them is so simple, are so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is simply this. Like a couple of missionaries mentioned this. Um, just answer emails. <laughs> like, you know, we make newsletters. Julia makes newsletters. Every missionary makes newsletters. They used to be on paper, but for the most part, if it's gone digital, we still do paper ones sometimes. They're hard. Um, <laughs> but if somebody sends you an email, like, just shoot back. That's great. I'm praying for you. Or just read your email. Like, we have this thing called MailChimp. Everybody probably knows what that is, but it's like, you know, where you can see how many people open your email. And so like, we'll, we'll work for an entire day, eight hours on a, a newsletter. We'll send it out and we go look at our MailChimp report, like 30% open. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know, like, like you guys are so important to us. Just open it up and read and see what you're investing in, what God is doing with your faithful support. Or sometimes we'll get a notice, unsubscribed. What? They unsubscribe from our, like we only send one every two months, you know. Like, it's not like we're sending them three times a week, you know. Yeah. And so just uh, a couple of missionaries mentioned this. Just answer emails like, I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. Hey, I noticed in your newsletter that so-and-so came to Christ. How did that happen? Or I noticed that you're struggling with this or this is a need. Anything I can do, you know, mm-hmm. like legitimately answer emails. Uh, Phone calls, like just call your missionary for no other reason just to say hi, how you doing, and have a conversation. Maybe that they don't feel like they have to talk about the mission field with you. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what's going on in your family? How you doing? How can I pray for you? What do you guys think about any of those two? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a few more, but I don't want to move on. I think especially like phone calls and stuff like that is huge. So me and Brittany have talked about this a lot, but... So many people will stress, you know, like community is so important. Like you need to live in community. Like that's how you walk with Christ well, you know. But you have to realize that for missionaries, especially if you're working with like unreached people groups, like there is no community, Mm. like except for like the missionaries you're serving with. And so like community is just like really lacking. And so... I think any chance, like, you get the opportunity to just, you know, check in on somebody and, you know, ask how their spiritual walk is going, like, like, preface it, you know, like, maybe not in, like, a judgmental way, like, going back to what we said before about, like, finances, you know, like, we want to be able to share, you know, openly, but just being, like, a community for people that probably, like, have very, very little community is, like, really huge Mm -hmm. and important, Mm -hmm. so... For sure. One of the missionaries mentioned one of the most difficult things for us was going from an active church because they were going to an unengaged, unreached people group, Mm -hmm. going from an active church to no church at all. 
Yes. Like yeah. a whole bunch of my identity was tied up in my church, my family, my church family. Like my, my teaching came from there. Like my community came from there. My accountability came from there. And then you move to a place where there is no church. Yeah. And so they struggle with that long. I think to add to that too, like it's really helpful if you've been here before or wherever the missionary is serving because you're able to understand a little bit more than somebody who has never been or maybe somebody who is a Christian but like in our case you know like we work on the reservation and then like people in Phoenix have like no clue like what's going on and so mm-hmm. if you've already been there you're able to communicate better sometimes yeah or just texts you know uh, text messages are awesome yeah. you know that's the primary form of communication for most people mm-hmm. just to let people know that they're, they're praying for you or mm-hmm. that you're praying for them excuse me I have one friend who doesn't go very many days without sending me a text. And it sometimes just simply says, hey, I just want you to know I prayed for you this morning. Or it might it might be a question, how can I pray for you today? Um, and he doesn't necessarily mean about the mission field necessarily. How can I pray for you personally? Mm-hmm. Or I prayed mm-hmm. for your family today. Or I know you've got this coming up. I'm praying for that for you and your family. Or, hey, just checking in, let you know me and my Small group, we prayed for you last night by mm-hmm. name. And that's what another missionary mentioned. Like just knowing that somebody's praying for you by name is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And so uh, your relationship with them is, is important. Um, care packages, these two ladies mentioned last night. What is <laughs> the care packages are, yeah. are really cool, really important. Like just something that says, hey, I was thinking of you. It doesn't have to be anything great, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is, we're not saying this so you send us care packages, <laughs> by the way. I'll give you my address after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we're talking about missionaries as a whole. Right, you know, right. If you have a missionary in another part of the world and your church has sent them or you're a supporter of them, it just every once in a while, put together a care package for them or their wife, you know, missionary wives or church planters' wives, you know, um, have, have a unique role. And so that, or do things that are, hey, this is just for you. One of the coolest things was, I, I think for Brittany, it was a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago, uh, 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 one of our supporters sent their monthly support and then wrote a separate check to Brittany and said, this is just for you. Like that was in the memo line, just for you. Don't use it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so that was super cool. Like not only was I thinking about your ministry and supported you, but this this check uh, is just for you. Mm-hmm. And that speaks volumes mm-hmm. into the life of missionaries. I was thinking mm-hmm. about you. Go do something to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. You know, right. That's super important. Yeah, I would say definitely that was super special to get that and it's just like that encouragement to know like somebody did think about me like they thought about it I'm not somebody like specifically this person or these people are in Kentucky you know where we're from and so it's like you know we've been gone now 10 years and so sometimes you have that thought like do people even remember who I am? <laughs> you know, if yeah. I walked in the door, would they even recognize me now? Yeah. And so it's like that specific, like they did remember me. They did think of me. This was an action that required thought. And so um, that's that's super special to get. And then to know, like, they realize, going back kind of to the financial thing, we realize that you don't get to do things very much for yourself and so we want to provide you that opportunity you know I've had that happen um, another time before it's been several years back probably five or six years back but there was a specific group of ladies that were like hey we want to take you to the mall and we want you to pick out (laughs) a couple of outfits because we realize that 
you don't go to the mall like at all and i'm like you're right i don't you know and so like that's they probably wanted... because i don't like the mall <laughs> <laughs> so they were like we want to do that for you and you know we want you to go get your hair cut mm-hmm. like we realize that this is not something that you do on a regular basis, you know, and probably at that point it had been like literally two years since I'd gotten my hair So cut. you were looking sketchy and somebody noticed. And the, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't know if I should be offended or <laughs> if I should be excited that they realized it. But either way, it was like they noticed. Right. They noticed. Yeah. And so it was like, thank you for noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's happened to us before is somebody sent something specifically to our family and said, mm-hmm. use this at, for your family to do something yeah. fun together yeah. or take them to eat or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And I can specifically remember almost every time that's happened and almost every thing that we've done with that as mm-hmm. our family. So what that tells me is that it was significant right. to us right. and it was super special. Amen. And so those things are always just that encouragement, mm-hmm. you know, to get that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time, um, this local church, Arizona Church, that's a, a supporter of ours and, and has been now for the last several years, um, asked us. We were we were getting ready for Christmas in the villages, and you know everybody jumps on board. It's one of the amazing, most amazing things we do all year. I love it to see the way people rally together. But they asked for our kids' names and our kids' ages and what they like to do, and then Aww. the sizes of their clothes. And they took time to go Christmas shop for every single one of our children. And they didn't just buy them like, here's a Barbie and here's a here's a toy, here's a ball. Like they thought it through. Yeah, like one of our kids so got a shirt that was a team that they liked. Mm-hmm. But another kid got something that was like, uh-huh. and so they each got three or four things. And they just did it to love on our kids. They They even brought them and said... Now, these are for your kids. Had them labeled mm-hmm. from and then had the name of the church. It was actually yeah. a Sunday school class in the church. Uh, and our kids loved it. I still remember it. I still remember what they got because it was so important. You know? oh, that was super that's awesome. That's great. So, yeah. uh, I just feel like we're sharing happy things now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Something that I thought was really cool is one of my best friend's moms, she would send me newspaper articles all the time um, because last year my sister was a senior in high school and she was like killing the basketball game and winning all these crowns and stuff (laughs) and so every time she was in the paper she would like send me a newspaper article you know and that was just the sweetest thing because you know obviously missionaries miss you know a lot of things with their family or whatever it may be and so it was like oh I still get to be a part of this and I put <laughs> I still have almost every single newspaper article on my fridge and she it was does. Like, I've seen it. a year ago it looks like like a shrine to my sister or something <laughs> <laughs> but just super sweet and I think taking like holidays and stuff like that are all like even if they're like not big holidays you know can be like hey like I'm thinking of you like one time a Sunday school class of girls they sent me like this huge box of like Valentine's Day stuff and I was like this is great so um that's super cool something I did want to say about praying real quick um like yes like praying for um you know individual needs and family stuff but I think it's also huge too when like people like go out of their way aside from like newsletters to be like I'm praying for your ministry just because sometimes we can feel like missionaries will feel like alone in like the people they're serving like does anybody care am I, am I the only people that like care that these people are like dying without the gospel 
which is dramatic, but <laughs> but it can feel that way sometimes, and so it like shows that you like actually care. And um, before I left, like I had like a little going away party, and um, people like signed up. They're like, I'm gonna commit to pray like on the second day of the month, like every month for you, and like people will still like text me like that day and be like, hey, like I'm praying for you. So I just mm. kind of wanted to like reiterate how like something that takes like 10 seconds really does mean a, a lot. Yeah. 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 So that was number four. Do we have any story to go with that or have I kind of touched on those already? I think that was most of that one. Um, I can just read through these real fast, but basically kind of uh, this, these, this couple listed five ways that... Um, churches or partners could encourage missionaries and one was genuine prayer which we've just talked about um but to know like at certain times or certain services that you're being prayed for by name or by certain people um number two was responding to newsletters Mm -hmm. we loved when people responded to monthly newsletters even if it was a simple i'm praying for you or thank you for sending me this update it just lets us know that you opened it and read it and that you're you're still there for encouragement and support number three was sending handwritten letters or care packages in the mail Uh, number four was taking the time to call or facetime or text Um, and he said most of the time people wanted to hear about the ministry sure but mostly they just wanted to see how we were and so those become extremely special when it's like just to check on you personally or your family personally and then the last one was utilizing us to mobilize missionaries he said we enjoyed opportunities that we've had to speak at missions conferences or if it's Lottie Moon Christmas offering or any Armstrong or whatever offering time that's going on even if it's virtual um, because it communicates to us that we're appreciated and that we have a role in playing we have a role to play in mobilizing others in their missionary task so just having those opportunities um, to be able to share and I think especially now with it being coronavirus, if your church is still not meeting in person, you know, still having that opportunity to share virtually, mm-hmm. even with a small group or Sunday school class, or even if it's your church, you know, making a video and sharing it for, you know, for two minutes before service or whatever, to know like mission still is happening even in coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are basically those main things. That I think we touched on most of them. Yeah. So let's reiterate how important the relationship is between senders and the ones they've sent, supporters and missionaries. Like we, we really love those relationships and, and long for them uh, and, and are thankful for them. You know, My friend that prays for me often means a lot to me. You know, And so I think all, uh, most missionaries would echo that same thing. Okay, number five. And this one is one that we're going to touch on that might be a little bit different than what, what people thought we were going to say or it might go a little bit deeper than what people were expecting. Um, but number five is missionaries need a safe place. Missionaries need a safe place. And what we're talking about here is like for a missionary, if you're having a hard time, you need to be able to have a safe place that you can communicate with others without fear of losing support or without fear of being judged or, or, or things like that. Because sometimes you're going through a hard time. And you need to be able to communicate communicate that with somebody else and have a safe place to do it without fear of retaliation. We talk about that all the time. Man, I wish I could just tell somebody this that's going on, but I'm afraid if I do, then they'll think I'm weak in this area. Or if I do, they'll think I, 
you know, I'm not serious about this or whatever. And that's not just us. This is missionaries across the board yeah. that they internalize so many things. Uh, the fact that this one person we've been talking about throughout the podcast is a counselor to missionaries shows you that they are longing for a safe place to be able to vent, to be able to uh, verbalize things, to be able to deal with uh, mental stress issues that they have, emotional stress issues that they have, um, and things like that. So missionaries need a safe place. You guys want to jump in? I'm going to come back in with a couple other things in a minute, but do you guys want to jump in on that one? Sure. <laughs> I would, yeah, just echo all that you said, but I'll give like a personal experience. I know like last year, um, about a year ago, like I was like really struggling, like almost burnt out, like do I need to stay in Arizona? <laughs> like throwing around that question and like I started it going to counseling and it was awesome. But like for the longest time, I was like, I don't want people to know that I'm going to counseling. Like I'm supposed to, like I'm a missionary. I'm supposed to have it together. Like I'm supposed to be doing well in my walk with Jesus and so it was a time that I like really needed people to pray for me and to know that I was struggling um, and be able to encourage me. But I think like out of fear, I like kept that from a lot of people because I don't know, sometimes even like in our culture, like counseling still gets like a bad rap sometimes like, oh, you're going to counseling, like what's going on, you know? Um, so yeah, I think just having that safe place like to be able to communicate without fear that somebody's going to like take away your support or like even if you're at the point with like you know considering like leaving you know obviously you don't want everybody to know that but like people should be able to know that because that's like a huge spiritual attack like mm -hmm. if God has like called you to a place like the devil obviously doesn't want you to be there and so you're going to be under attack and I feel like it's completely normal for people to be like, oh, am I really supposed to be here? Like, can I really do this long-term? Um, so yeah, I think just letting people share how they're really doing without like mm -hmm. judging or, oh, should I be supporting this yeah. person is really huge. Yeah, and then when Julia talked about going to counseling, I mean, for me, that, you know, like as she shares that with us, you know, like to me, I'm, I'm encouraged by that because she cares, she's not willing to just let herself burn out and leave. She wants to take care of herself so that she can better serve here and be healthier spiritually because if she's completely dry or we're completely dry or mission is completely dry and they're done, they're no good to the mission field. You can't pour something out of you that you don't have. You can't you know, bring living water to something when you're completely dry, <laughs> right? And so um, I think that's awesome and that's encouraging that, that she is able to go do that and now be able to share that with others. And so if you didn't know that, surprise, um, you know, but it is. I mean, missionaries do uh, do struggle. And so. So I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh man, I didn't know that that was such a huge struggle or, you know, I thought maybe I knew what was going on, but I don't. Like, feel free to, even after this podcast, text or call or email or whatever and say, hey, I can be that safe space for you. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we still even wonder, like we still wonder that, you know, when somebody asks the question, hey, how are things going? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really open-ended question. <laughs> and so I I try to feel it out before I even right, answer it. Right, you know, right. like, do you really want to know? Or do you want me to tell you the good things? Yeah. Right. Um, 
And that was one of my, my notes. Yeah. Need a safe place. And then two was be able to, what we just talked about, communicate when we're having a hard time. And one of those was have a place to share negatives slash struggles because things aren't always positive. Right. right. Have a safe mm-hmm. place to do those. Right. And realize that when we're even sharing the struggles, it's not like we're complaining or like we're saying like, this is the worst thing ever. We're just saying like, we have nobody else to share this with, Mm -hmm. you know, our families aren't here. Sure. We can call them and talk to them on the phone, but it's just, it's just not the same, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, and sometimes it's like, I'm sure my parents don't want to know everything that is wrong because (laughs) then they might, you know, start Word. worrying or whatever yeah. that is. And so, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> um, so it's just nice to be able to, to, to actually be honest and to be able to actually open up and share what's going on, you know, right. and that doesn't happen often. And when it doesn't happen, what that means is that you're keeping that inside mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. And so it's bottling up. And I can say this from like experience, like sometimes for me, it's years of bottled up of I'm not sharing this with anybody other than Eric. I mean, obviously, he's knowing. And then it's like all of a sudden, it just comes out. And it's like, what in the world? I'm so emotional or I'm angry or whatever. And it's because I haven't been able to share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, this is it's just not healthy. Yeah. And yeah. it needs to take place, yeah. you know. And so sure. being able to, to do that with people that like Julia said earlier, that you can really count on, that you don't have to worry about them judging you like, oh, you're a missionary and you think this or you've had this thought or whatever. Like that goes back to point one of being real people. Mm -hmm. And then also going back to point two of like, well, if I share this, are they going to be like, well, I can't support you anymore because of this specific thing. Because support is, is, we need support. Yes, financially. Obviously, we've made that very clear. Every missionary makes that clear. We need support other ways, too. Right. Like, support isn't just financial, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. And so, missionaries need a safe place, too. Uh, one of those is to be able to be a good brother or sister in Christ, uh, meaning, like, the freedom to hold other brothers and sisters accountable and be able to speak truth into others' lives without fear of losing support or... Uh, maybe to be able to take a stance on what they believe is true and right without fear of retaliation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we live in a world where we are divided on many, many, many things. Mm-hmm. And we, all three sitting around this table, have really passionate thoughts about some mm-hmm. of the division. But oftentimes, we can't, we can't share those. Mm-hmm. Um, and we feel like ours are rooted in Scripture and rooted, excuse me, rooted in the things of God and truth. Um, but sometimes we feel like, man, if I call out my friend, uh, are they going to stop supporting me? Is their church going to stop yeah. supporting mm-hmm. me? Because maybe they write the check or maybe they um, you know, are in the Sunday school class or maybe they are. But like we feel like maybe our experience, just speaking, for example, like you know, feel something about immigration. We live in an, a, a border state. Mm-hmm. Maybe our view on immigration might be different than somebody who doesn't live in a border state or has no experience right. with that. And so maybe we could, in love, speak truth into a situation, but we will withhold that because we're scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, and that, that could be our, our, a fault on our part. Not You could say, well, you're not trusting God or whatever. That may be true. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, we fear like if we were able to speak in, you know, to that, for example, especially a hot-button topic like that is like, I don't post stuff on social media. I don't know if anybody follows me, but <laughs> <laughs> people do. But I don't post a lot of things because... The one or two times I have in my entire life, and like I just get blasted. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm done. You know, I have 
viewpoints and I have a, a heart to, to see things like reconciliation take place um, but oftentimes we're scared to share mm-hmm. those and I don't know if you guys want to speak into that I just had that in my notes so. yeah I think even like for me to like with everything going on with like racial reconciliation like I have an interesting perspective big half black and half mm-hmm. white yeah. and so uh I hate sometimes that I can't share more and not in like a way that's like bashing people like I don't think that would ever be any of our intentions but just like I want to share my experience but even sharing my experience could like cost me big time you know so and so those are just personal thoughts like missionaries need to be able to to do that a safe place to do that and you know maybe that that's something that won't ever fully go away you know, we have thoughts because we have children who are from other countries. We have, but sometimes we just withhold those. And, and, you know, I don't know if that's for the best or not or whatever, but <laughs> we just, just are being honest, you know, like sometimes we, we want to be able to share these things. We just, we just don't. And so those are kind of some of the things missionaries need a safe place um, to talk about. Uh, and so I hope that, you know, if you're a supporter or a sender or a friend, um, that you are that safe place for your missionaries for your church planters, for your cross-cultural workers um, that you support, that you love. And maybe you aren't in a position where you can financially support uh, your your missionary, but you can pick up the phone and call them, you know, and be a, be a part of that safe place and say, hey, what do you think? Maybe ask them about those those issues that, that, you know, you have a unique perspective. And so tell me your thoughts. I'm safe, you know, whatever, and you can talk to me. Um, so I hope that, that this podcast has been helpful. I've loved being able to talk about some of the things. But I do want to mention a couple of other things. Those are kind of our five. But we, we just put some things that kind of made the, you know, like when you're you're in a competition and you get honorable mention, you know, like you didn't place, <laughs> but you got a participation award because you kind of did all right. You know, yeah. maybe you weren't last, um, but you definitely weren't first. We, we have three or four things that kind of are like honorable mention things. Like we want to throw these out there that are super important for people to know, but maybe didn't, not everybody said them, and so they didn't get kind of their own category. Um, one of those things is this. Um, one of the missionaries said, I think it's important for people to not judge us, excuse me, not judge our work on the faithfulness of others. Like, you know, sometimes the places that you minister to are very, very difficult. And so sometimes, um, you know, you may lead somebody to Jesus and you've, you've talked about that and you've shared that in your slideshow presentations and you've, you've whatever, you, you've used that as a way to say, look at what God's doing. And then a year later, that person abandons the faith and they are, you know, not following Jesus and they never really were. And, you know, they're out living the life they lived before. And then when somebody asks about it, you're like, oh yeah, so-and-so. And you feel like, I don't know that I can tell you that because... And so this missionary said, I just wish people would understand it's God that changes people. It's God that saves people, not us. So sometimes let missionaries share even the, the stories of the people that they've loved on and poured into for years. Because listen, there are people we've loved on and poured into for years who are still struggling to this day. You know, mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't share their struggles. Number one, it's their story. And number two, uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to share because you know, our success, and that's in quotes, uh, is oftentimes it's looked at on you know, the faithful, like how faithful are other people or whatever. So right. you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Like, even if people are not surrendering, surrendering their life to Christ, 
doesn't mean that we're not still telling them or that we're not still doing our job and being obedient to what the Lord has called us to. And so our success is our obedience, Mm -hmm. not what other people do. And you just cannot Mm -hmm. gauge a missionary's worth based on the results. Yeah. I mean, if that's if that's what you're doing, then it it's, yeah. it's wrong. Yeah, and there's stories to go along with that where missionaries have come, you know, like, oh, 300 people came to Jesus or 1,000 people come to Jesus, and they feel like they have to share that with their supporters, and then maybe a year passes and two of those people are walking with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But they shared that, you know what I mean? And so we're, we, like, have made you know, a commitment. We're not going to share false things ever you shouldn't um, but some missionaries are tempted to mm-hmm. because they feel like their success again is whether or not people come to jesus and are, are growing in their faith and i love what you said our success is in our obedience i think going along with that like also recognizing like well yes we were super excited to share with you what god was doing and how he was saving people like we were fully convinced of that like and so we were like excited we were hyped like we were spending so much time with these people and then like when we do see them fall off like it's really hard like we've spent like several nights like (laughs) lamenting with quotes you know (laughs) just like man we thought god was doing a b c and d and now we look back and like where where it happened, you know, um, and so. And then we start we start sometimes judging ourselves. Did I not right. disciple them? Yeah, well? Did I uh-huh. not? yeah, yeah, exactly. So as excited as we are, we are just as much heartbroken, yeah. like when it doesn't work right. out. And grief sets in, and you struggle with grief. And I heard a missionary say one time, being on the mission field is a, a continual cycle of grief because you know you're you're grieving over what you've left and the people that you miss and then you're you're grieving for the people that you are ministering to and their lostness and then you reach people and then you move on to a new place because that's what missionaries do they reach people then they move on and so then you're grieving the people that you've left there mm-hmm. and so it's a continual cycle of that and so that kind of sets in and so um, we don't say that in a negative way. That's just just the reality of it. So that one was an honorable mention. Not judging um, <laughs> work of missionaries on the faithfulness of others. It's God who saves and God who changes people, not us. Okay. Um, and then m- the mission field changes people. Um, that was a, a, con- a kind of a theme that we saw in a few answers and from a few people. That you know, the longer you're on the mission field. Uh, the more you change, and not in a negative way at all. I don't mean that this in a negative way, but you're just not the same person you were when you left your home culture. Now you've spent a decade or two decades, and for some people that we interviewed, four decades in in a different culture. And so, when they come back on furlough, or when they come back to raise support, or when they come back to hang out with you, there's a chance they're going to be entirely different than they were when they left. And so, the mission field changes people, right? Their desires change, or maybe the things that are important to them change, and maybe. You know, as a sender or a friend, you're like talking about something. They're like they're not engaged because that's just not not their heart anymore. And so you may have to be a student of them, you know, to figure out what what things that, that you know uh, are different about them. Um, you guys agree, disagree with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think also if you like, if you're if it's like a friendship thing, like just going back to to being open and and listening to what needs to be shared. I remember a specific incident when we were. With some, when we went back um, to Kentucky and we were with some friends and we were sharing something that had happened, like in our life, 
And, of course, at first it was just, like, the normal, like, you know, you're hanging out, small talk, whatever. But then as the night progressed, it got into more serious conversation. And I remember we shared something that had happened that was, you know, pretty serious or whatever since we'd been here. And it was, like, crickets, you know, because it was, like, (laughs) they didn't know what to say or how to respond. Uh And it, like, left us feeling like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have said that Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And so... Just continue to be the friend. Like, if mm-hmm. you were the friend, just continue to be that friend. Yeah. If you don't know how to respond, just say, man, that's really difficult. I don't yeah. even know how to respond to that. Yeah. But it shows that you still care, yeah. you know, even if there's that difference of, like, well, we've never had a conversation like this before, yeah. and now yeah. we are, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it just things may be different, but it's okay. Like, you can right. still, yeah. like, communicate and talk and be friends without, like, that awkwardness, you yeah. know? For sure. Mm-hmm. You have anything on that one? No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, another one, struggles on the mission field are different than they are uh, maybe for a majority of uh, people who aren't on the mission field. Uh, and what I mean by that is if uh, this is, comes from some missionaries, their thoughts, and so if they're sharing you know, a struggle, if they do get to a point where they feel comfortable sharing a struggle with a friend or a sender or a church, um, you know, they've talked about how difficult it is for that person to say, oh yeah, I understand and then say, I went through this too, but they don't relate to each other. Like, so, for example, missionary is saying, you know what, this person that I've ministered to, this is a true story, this person that I have ministered to just committed suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they shared that story with somebody else, and that person said, yeah, I know, my friend betrayed me. Like, those are two different things. Like, I know what you're going through because my friend doesn't like me anymore, or my friend is not long. Like, I'm telling you about somebody who I poured poured into and took their own life. You're telling me about somebody who you might make up over with mm-hmm. coffee next week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, those are different. And so struggle, just understanding that the struggles on the mission field are different. I'm not better or worse. It, it's not saying that people that aren't on the mission field don't struggle. Just realizing they are different because you, you wrestle with a whole new, uh, just d- different thing. Like the reason you're going to the mission field is because the place that you're going to um, is needs Jesus, and so that comes with its whole whole gamut of of, of struggles. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I think too going along with that, like yes, realize the struggles are different. But I think something I've had to communicate with my friends a lot has been like, like oh, like I just know you're like going through so much. Like it's okay to like acknowledge like your struggles too like just because the missionary you might have a friendship with is dealing with a whole lot of stuff like doesn't mean that they don't want to hear like what you're going through and what you're struggling with so Mm -hmm. that's really good thought yeah Yeah. we want to be a good friend too Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, other people so all right so that's kind of our thoughts for today we hope it well we hope it was encouraging to you we hope that it uh, maybe helped enlighten you to some of the struggles of missionaries um, ways that you can be a more um, encouraging sender or supporter. Um, but ultimately, I think we want to end with like how thankful we are to our, our senders and our supporters and our friends. Now, listen, we're not saying all of these because uh, they're all what we said. Again, this is, this is coming from missionaries with over 130 years of experience, combined experience. And so this is across the board. And so um, we have... St- great stories of, of faithful uh, supporters and friends 
And but but there is an other side to it, and we hope that this spoke into that. We hope that this sharpened you, um, this opened maybe your eyes, challenged you a little bit um, to love on your missionaries, cross-cultural workers, church planters, whatever they are, in a new way, um, and to be intentional about that. You know, and so um, you guys have any closing thoughts? I mean, just to reiterate, we just thank you. Like it, more than likely, if you're listening to this podcast, it means that you care for missionaries. And so we just want to reiterate our thanks to you for your prayer, for your financial support, for your encouragement, for your partnership, just all of it, because it's desperately needed from for us. Um, and basically, like, we're telling you how important it is, and like in our life, in this podcast, we've been able to, to relay that. And so if, if you're one of those people, um, we just want to express our thanks and um, our appreciation for your love and sacrifice for missionaries. Yeah. yeah. We love you a whole lot, and yeah. we couldn't do what we do without you. <laughs> we always sign our um, thank you notes or our, um, our newsletters with your missionaries and then put our names in. And that's what we feel like we are because, again, we couldn't do what we do without our supporters. So we just hope that it was encouragement to you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Live Love Ministries podcast. We hope it was encouraging, made you think, and broadened your understanding of our mission and the mission of making disciples of all nations. You can find out more information about our ministry at www.liveloveministries.org. If God leads you to partner with us financially through prayer, or if you're interested in bringing a mission team to Arizona or one of our other locations, you can find that information on our website as well. Until next time, keep loving people and keep pointing people to Jesus. And we'll see you then.